0: When Shamrock Rovers has got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. in the
1: world. Best mm-hmm. town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani.
2: North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliott. Elliot. Stenson.
0: 1-1. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant. Hello, you're very welcome along to episode 62 of the Better Ed Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you by the White High Brewing Company. I reduced the team with you this evening and we're recording late in the week. Apologies if you were waiting for a podcast earlier in the week. Um, it's myself and Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are things?
2: I'll O'Connor. Thanks a million.
0: Jerry is got one eye on the Premier League as his beloved Everton are currently struggling uh, to against Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, so if Jerry's slightly distracted, that um, that's uh, that's what's going on there. So uh, coming up in the podcast, we have a really good, really good interview with um, Gavin Piers. Obviously, Gavin has announced his retirement from playing uh, this week, and he did, as we all know, a decade in the showground where he won everything um, that was available to win, leagues, multiple cups.
2: Lived in, lived in the halftime raffle, did he? Nah, no, I'm in the mess. <laughs>
0: Uh, did you ever win the halftime and after Jerry?
2: No, I haven't. And I play it every week.
0: Have you ever won a prize in the five hundred club?
2: Yeah, twice. Twice. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I've never won anything in the five hundred club. Twenty years in it. It's it's hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said to me, "If you mention it, if you if you say that you haven't won anything, then <laughs> your chances of winning something improve." So wow. here's me here's me here's me publicly announcing you know, I've never won anything. Yeah um and uh, if you if you're interested in joining the 500 club uh go to the sluggerrovers.com website and uh, you get all the details there the more people the merrier so um look we're, we're back on track with uh with a point after our game at home against uh st pats you were there jerry it was a much better performance wasn't it
2: yeah it was um much much better um all over the pitch Uh Look, having said that too, you know, first half against Shamrock Rovers, the previous game, we played pretty well, didn't create a lot. Shamrock Rovers, or the St. Pat's game, was pretty probably similar to the first half that we played against Shams. Um, Overall, we didn't create that much in the first half. Second half, we were a little bit better. And um, yeah, look, it was probably a fair result of the night, but it was a better performance. Uh,
0: And there was again... uh... A huge amount of changes uh, in the starting team. Um, we saw uh, Fitzgerald and O'Sullivan back in the wings. Um, obviously, Ed comes back in after his uh, rib injury. Um, uh, Shane Blaney's in there. Um, so there's kind of wholesale changes again. Um, what, what, what do you think that tells us about the situation? People have said that it's evidence of a manager who's unsure of his, still unsure of. His ideal starting eleven.
2: Well, just going back in the last three games, um, normally you might see a manager doing wholesale ch- wholesale changes to get a reaction uh, from a team. But over the last three games, like it's been wholesale changes for every single game, and um, you you have absolutely no idea as a fan what team is going to line up or how they're going to line up. And um, so yeah, I would kind of suggest that we're still at this stage of the season searching for not only your best 11, but
0: how to play our best 11. Yeah. And a lot of changes again, like obviously, uh, Pynacker is injured, I think at the moment, um, but like Banks, Blaney, Buckley, Paddy Kirk as your back four, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, I mean, maybe this is unfair to say, but do you want to see at least your back four would be relatively consistent uh, on a kind of a week-to-week basis as much as possible as a kind of a, a foundation for your team? I don't know, would you...
2: Yeah, I know totally. Like, look, all good teams are built on your your back four, back five, including the keeper, um, and just having that consistency of the unit being together, game in, game out. Everybody knows where they are, what they're supposed to be doing. It just gives that solid feel to a team, and like, you just don't know who's going to be this left back, right back, centre back. I know one or two of them are are in force in terms of Pineacre, but the rest are just, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just not what you want to see. Like, and I suppose that's what got us into third place last season probably was the consistency in in terms of the back five. Whereas that's gone.
0: Um, It was, I suppose, the focus on the positives was all around a better performance. Midfield seemed to, Bulger and Cauley seemed to have a, a more, well, just better performances and that was obviously personified in uh, in the goal in Keane's goal uh, lovely bit of play from Callie to, to set him up great finish
2: yeah um, yeah look it was kind of it was it's probably something that you'd like to see the team do more in terms of sometimes just being a little bit more direct like I think the ball was played up to I don't know who won the header knocked it on to Callie. He flicked it around the corner and uh, Kena was just running into space through the channel. And, like, to be honest with you, Kena and I said it before on this program is he's a natural born goal scorer, absolutely natural born goal scorer. Like, that finish was absolutely exceptional, he didn't break stride, technique, you know, absolutely brilliant. Doesn't need to take a touch as well, which is probably doesn't keen. need to take a touch. He, 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 like, that's pure instinct, you know, he knows where he wants to put the ball, he doesn't have to think about it. Hmm. Um, and imagine what he could do if he was 100% fit
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, you,
2: could see, you could see the likes of him I know he was taken off maybe I can't remember maybe it was about 70-75 minutes like he was blown um, so if you could keep him on the pitch for 90 minutes uh, at the level he is in around 40-45 minutes and he can play that, that all the way through, geez you've got some player like yeah, he shouldn't I, be going out of his arse after that length of time.
0: Um, I think it's obvious now how important he is to any success that we have this season in relation to final, final position in the table and Europe. Uh, and should anything happen, you know, it would be a, a disaster um if he was if he was unavailable for particularly for the European games, I guess, you
2: know. Yeah, yeah. Especially with Mata being out with a calf injury as well. And you know, he's definitely a non-starter for the the Bows game on Friday night, so you'd imagine that it'd be Jerry as well. So I can't really see him being back before the mid-season break. So like, we're completely relying really on, on, on Um And look, one thing as well, you'd love to see us playing two up top. Imagine having Keena and Massa up front, yeah. uh, even throwing in Heaney as well into the equation.
0: So um, like the, the fact that there was eight changes, some of them, uh, one or two of them were uh, injury imposed, I suppose, in relation to the 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 Shams game and the Pats game, do you think that uh, maybe Liam Buckley kind of written off the Shams game a little bit and was focusing purely on trying to get points against Pats at home? Uh,
2: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, like as I said before, we approached the game quite well um, up up in Tala, um, but for all the play since the start of the season, even when we're when we're dominating, I, mean, I think we did dominate shams in the the first half. I just don't think we're creating enough chances. At the end of the day, we're not getting enough men into the box. And I spoke about it there last week about you know where I was giving out about Keena, where he just lashed the ball out of play, and about recycling the ball. And in fairness, we have done that against Pats and Showgrounds, where we were patient with the ball, uh, we weren't, we were looking to create opportunities. But at the same time, we see I just feel that we're overplaying it when we get into the final third, and we're not just maybe quick enough and direct enough in and around the box to, to make chances. And there's not people arriving late into the box either. I think we just need to take the shackles off a little, little bit and uh get men into the box because it's just not happening. I think that for me, that's one of the biggest problems, along with changing the back four every yeah. Game. Um
0: the the equaliser, the Pats equaliser is a bit contentious. <laughs> I don't know, you were in the showgrounds. Did uh, did they uh, look offside before Doyle put the ball across?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen the replay as well on LOI. Um, and it's just, look, he's miles offside.
0: Miles offside.
2: Um, I think the... The,
0: the camera angle, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I watched it back. I tried to, I even took a, a still of it on the computer, tried to do a bit of, drawing yeah. lines to try and do me own. Uh, home <laughs> Fire. The, the, the camera angle doesn't help. Um, he, he could have been, he could have been three feet foot offside. He could have been inches offside from that angle. It's hard to, it's hard to tell, but you, you're fairly convinced.
2: Absolutely. And um, I thought the officials were, again, very, very poor, but in fairness, the officials were poor for both, for both teams. The lines went on the Jinx's Avenue side, he was like a character out of Harry Potter. He hadn't an absolute clue what he was doing. He might as well have gone up and down the line on a broom because he was in a different world altogether. He was in Harry Potter world. Yeah. You know, um, just these fellas are there. They're they're, they're I don't know why they're there.
0: A fair result in the end, do you think? should
2: sh- I thought we were the better team. Um, I was actually really unimpressed with Pat's. I thought they were better than that. Um. I thought Owen Doyle was, he, his time's up. He'll, he'll do a job for you, but on three grand a week, good luck. I'm delighted we went nowhere and um, Bullet dodged. Yeah, yeah. For that kind of money, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, He struggled the whole game. Look, when he gets the ball, he, he do a good job. He knows where to be, blah, blah, blah. But for three grand a week? No way.
0: Okay, I suppose we were never going to play him. That amount, but if, if no. he had if he had come, he, were, he would have been he would have been on a the top wage, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. If he had come back, uh, the manager's comments after the game, uh, he said he spoke on TV, The comments are always at a, the quotes are also in uh, the Champion from this week. Uh, Jessica Farry carries them. Uh, Liam Buckley said, "People make too much of it when we lose a game or two. Uh, it's like it's a complete disaster."
2: Jerry, a game or two, a game or two. That's Is he now in pass?
0: Um, we're going we're to lose games before the end of the season but course, we're going yeah. to win plenty of matches before the end of the season uh, do I see them winning? I do we just need to get that bit better
2: how long have you been saying that? Um, that seems to be the that seems to be the thing for the last three and a half years that we need to do better and etc etc you know um, and it's just I don't know, I think we're. I just feel like they we're going. I don't know if it, if it's that we're going backwards, but everybody else is catching up and maybe passing us out. And um, I think we're just too stuck in our ways, too stagnant. Maybe not enough of yeah uh, the use of, of of resources and technology and things like that. That you know that our teams seem to be kind of honing in on, and we're just the same old.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of the teams we play against; they've all got their. Um... They've all got their uh, their chips in the back of the shirt for their yeah. uh, their measuring their the distances covered and all that kind of stuff and you know that's the technology side of things that you're kind of hinting at. There's no evidence of that in the showgrounds and you know the, I suppose football even in the League of Ireland is moving on pretty quickly. Um, I mean I, I don't know. Just you do get the feeling that but I suppose just going back to the the quotes. Yeah. You know, Liam Buckley says very little about you know anything ever. So is he fit? He's obviously feeling some sort of pressure if he's coming out with these sort of with these sort of comments post game.
2: Yeah, it's very on Liam Buckley like um, most of the things he says are sound bites and cliches. So for him to actually come out and say something like that, I was really, really surprised. Um, and if anything, it probably makes people sit up and think about the results and question maybe. The, the the performances and the form like we spoke about it last week uh, what were 38 games in now from the 36 that we were talking about previously and I know the, the return of points after 36 gives us would have given us gives us 7th um, at the end of the season um, but you know it could get worse um, in my opinion um, yeah. it's just really it
0: well, look at um, we've got our interview uh, with Gavin Pearce. Uh, we'll hear from Gavin now. After that, we will have a chat about our run into the mid-season break. We were obviously playing O's tonight. If you're listening to this on the twentieth of May, uh, in in Daily Mount. Um we were then off to uh, the Brandywell, the Ryan McBride Brandywell, and it's UCD. Before we finish up, so we'll have a chat about that. After we hear from Gavin Pierce, who this week has announced his retirement. Uh, from playing football. Okay, we are delighted to say that we're joined by Sligo Rovers legend, Gavin Pears, and uh, we're speaking to Gavin this week on the back of the news that he has hung up his playing boots, uh, but oh, not yeah. his coaching boots, I guess, uh, after um, after an extensive career that saw him win every trophy, every domestic trophy anyway, in the League of Ireland and also picking up uh, a cup in, um, in the Irish League. Uh, thanks many for joining us, Gavin. How are things?
1: Oh, good. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Um, you're very welcome. You're um, for the listeners' sake. You're uh, you're wearing some of your FAI gear. Uh, you've been involved with uh, the Irish Under fifteen setup recently, is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I've been in the FAI since two thousand and eighteen. Uh, left Derry and then went in to the uh, ETB courses. I'm um, up in Dundalk now on the player development course in Dundalk. Uh, Full time job. Um, just finished up up north there and. Uh, lucky enough to get invited into uh the under fifteen setup from Jason. Uh, I was in there with uh Sean Saint Ledger, Will Doyle, Richie Fitz and then all the medical staff and uh Paul Paul O'Brien. Uh, he's in charge of our organizing everything. So it's a good old group, good setup and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh
0: we're recording on May nineteenth. Were they, they were in action recently over the last number of days. Were they were they in Slovakia or were they abroad?
1: No, we were over in Croatia. Croatia. and look Ludberg, I think it's called. Um, there was we played four games in five days. Um, we had Montenegro, uh, Uzbekistan, Croatia, and then Wales in the third, and fourth place playoffs.
0: You have a nice little color there. It was sunny over there, was it?
1: <laughs> it was. It was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. I was in Marbella before that, from my British as though. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah. I saw that on social media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you know? Um, how do you know it's time to? Officially retire and hang up the boots. Did somebody tell you, or did you make it? Did you go out on your own uh, terms?
1: Ah, I, I, mentally, I was gone. I was out, out the door. Um, I, I got a, a very bad back injury there. Um, uh, last year I slipped a disc in my back, uh, and I was in pain. It was the worst injury I ever had. So, um, was about I played on it. Had a couple of injections, and then it wasn't getting any better. So I had to have the operation, and then I had the operation. I was out for. Couple of months and then just mentally, then it just I was just I was I was done, I was ready to go. My body was telling me to that's enough, you put your body through enough,
0: right? Okay, but you were pretty lucky injury-wise throughout your career. I know, uh, in it might have been 2009 with Rovers, you missed a good bit of the season, but it, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember any other major.
1: Uh, it? Had, no, it was 2013, I don't mm-hmm. you in the cup final,
0: yeah, that's right, yeah, but aside from that.
1: No, it was okay. Yeah, just you know, odd, probably quad, hamstring, or something like that. But wasn't really out for that long. It was just more the 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 cruciate. I was eight months back playing within eight months, and then uh, obviously the back injury there um, yeah. last year, and um, that that was a bad one. Though I was I was I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. It was the worst one I've ever had. It was nerve pain shooting down my leg and just couldn't sleep at night, I, I was going to bed at like one o'clock in the morning, I was awake at three o'clock like, and I was up walking the streets just trying to, yeah. when I walked to east it off a bit and straightened myself up, so my body was all offline, I was lit, I, when I get out of the car I had to go around to the back of the building and push myself up straight, so it was that bad.
0: <laughs> you crippled altogether, and are you, yeah. you're you're over now, are you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the operation was successful, and you know, obviously, I won't be the same again. But there's no pain, and now I was have tra- been training. I was training there with, with, up north. Um, I was trying to go a good bit, but I suppose I was a bit off because I never had a pre-season or anything like that. And after the surgery, so I was a bit off, and somehow I managed to get sent off twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so if we if we wind the clock back, um, you uh, you went to uh, Blackburn in two thousand and two. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Whereas, was it, uh, was there, a, did you have a couple of options uh, at that age? What age were you?
1: Yeah, I think I was 15, 16, 15 going on 16. Um, I went to, oh, yeah, I had three, I had Blackburn, Aston Villa and Burnley had had contract offers from, Um, how I always say I wanted to go to Burnley because I thought I'd get a better chance of into the first team. But uh, my mum and dad were uh, were happy with Blackburn and the facilities and how it would have been looked after and stuff. So, you know, it was a good I it was a good choice. It was the best academy at the time, went over, done really well, was had, didn't probably unfortunate, that little bit of luck they need. Uh in my third year, I was around the first team playing preseason friendlies with all the, the first team lads and you know, I was doing really well. Jamie Jane had broke in, Paul Gallagher broke in, I thought I might have been next and then changed of manager and then that was that was it, me out the door, gone.
0: Yeah, I just had a look there to see um, in around that time, two thousand two, when you joined, they won the league cup, obviously against Spurs.
1: Like a yeah. serious,
0: serious team. Mark Hughes, Duff, Keith Gillespie, like an incredible team, really.
1: Yeah, well, I suppose in pre-season in the in the first team families, I think the team was myself, Amoruso, so Craig Shorter, Toddy, Michael Gray. Then you've got uh, two guy, Gary Fliffcroft, and and I think you had Martin Scans, Pedersen, Stephen Reid in front of me and then it was Dwight York and Andy Cole in front. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, I think David Thompson might have been in the midfield, I'm not sure. But um, it was a, uh, it was a good old set up and you know, it was one that I enjoyed. Um, I learned a lot, I had some great coaches there and, and to be fair to the lads in the first game they were very good with me as well. So yeah, it's just unfortunate I suppose that little bit of luck and you know, that's football isn't it? Um, anybody can tell that story you just, I suppose I've gone on and have I've had a good career I suppose over here and um, you don't really look back with, with any regrets really yeah
0: did you did you did you take all that in your stride like being around such big names or were you kind of pinching yourself from time to time at Blackburn
1: no because I'd been around them um, for two years like reserves uh, I went straight to reserves after my first year and I played every game and I'd been around playing with some of them and training with them so no I was grand they were all nice lads they looked after us and they were great with the younger lads
0: uh, so, uh, obviously, you went looking for first team football and you, uh, you ended up at uh, Macclesfield. Um, oh, Mansfield. Sorry, Mansfield. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I'll have to edit that out now for myself. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, um, and what was that like then, the step down? Did you get playing the football that you wanted to play?
1: Uh, yes, that's sort of a similar thing. Uh, I was I went in there. Uh, I was actually, I came home, and I was trying with Bohemians and um, Roddy Collins was out to me to go to Shamrock Rovers and then I, he rang me. I actually had a missed call when I got off the boat because I'd already signed for Mansfield. And um, I rang him back and said, I was just, just as I got off the boat, I said, and he asked me and I said, oh, I've just signed for Mansfield. And he goes, Oh, that's great because Cartman was a mate of his. Signed there, went over there. And I was doing really well. They put me in and just said, Look, you're doing really well. We don't know how you're still here. Championship clubs have been on to us about what you. Keep doing what you're doing. And he'd be gone. Then, sorry, then we went on a bit of a bad run. Cartman left different manager took over and that was it then didn't really see eye to eye and I suppose he left me in the stands on Steven's day boxing day whatever you want to call it and that was me again I, I'd be quite stubborn and uh, I just went in the night I actually booked the boat, the boat that night and went home the next day and just went in and said, look here cancel me contract I'm off that was me I, I, I quite straight and just go for it i don't really think about it too much just if you if, if, if i'm done i'm done i just go
0: and uh did you did you did you do that knowing that you, you'd definitely pick something up back home
1: no um i didn't know what i was going to do to be honest I just, I just had enough um and just as i said i went in buffed the boat went in the next morning had my car packed and all. i went there and said look as we can't, we contact that That's me. I'm done. He goes, Are you sure you want to do that? And I went, Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He goes, Are you sure now? And I went, Yeah. And he was trying to convince me not to. And then I just said, No, I'm done. And got on the boat and went home. Didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I think my dad contacted on hand at the time, I think it was. Um, but I got a phone call off. I was in Dublin City. Damon Keeley was there. They wanted to sign me water for that, offered me a deal. And I was meant to go to court, but I'd got. Sean Connors called me because Steve Bruce uh, put him on to me, and yeah. um, I went up there. And to be honest with you, just he just got the contract down and I, You know what I enjoyed, and I just signed, it and then never looked back. Really, to be honest with you. So, what,
0: um, like, what did you know about Slug Rovers at the time, or what did you know about Sean Connor or like, was it just the fact that he put the contract? You were there, the contract was in front of you, so you signed it.
1: Just one of them good feelings, you know. When you, you just got it with your gut, don't you? Um. And I didn't know anything about Sligo, to be honest with you. I didn't really know anything about the League of Ireland to be honest with you. Um, at the time, because I was always focused on England. Uh, then I came back, and I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Ended up going up there. Uh, enjoyed the training, enjoyed the whole feel of it. Uh, they were nice. Went in and just signed two year deal straight away. Um,
0: the club was probably was- on. It was probably on like a It was on a positive upturn. Come up from the.
1: The first
0: They'd only just come up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there was
1: probably a bit yeah. of a, a buzz around the place at the time. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I just the, the people were nice. Uh, the players I got on well with. Um, Liam Burns was there at the time, and I got on well with him. Keith Foy came up. I was real with him. Just got that good, at, good feeling about it, and that was it. Really, I signed the deal, and I didn't look back. And so I was went from strength to strength. Uh, I think Sean was there for two years. Rob McDonald came in. Uh, it didn't last too long, and the Cookie came in. <laughs> Um, he, he was course, there
0: for a, 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 a one night in Bray I think that was his, the height of his competitive uh, pre-season uh, was it? yeah didn't he do a game in Bray Jerry? is that right?
1: I'm not sure um, I, no because Leo and uh, I think Leo took over um, for the first game of the season against Galway
2: wasn't it? yeah I think so I don't think he, t- he took a competitive game Did he, it was the first no.
0: game, I, I just thought the first game of the season was way to Bray and he did that no, I think
1: no. I remember Galway away. I think it was. Um, I think it was. I'm nearly ninety nine percent sure it was Galway away. Anyway, but um, I think we won that game to we Won the other from there.
2: I remember there was like a ten hall type meeting. Um, uh, after uh, Rob was appointed, I uh, can't remember where exactly it was, but there was absolutely mayhem. There was war at it because he had let the likes of I think, uh, Seamus Coleman go and, and other kind of local players and things That's like right. that. No.
1: He didn't let them go. He was offered, to, he offered, he told Seamus oh, he, he wasn't going to play. Um, yeah, he told him to go. And then I think Seamus started with me, sent the half in the first game. Nice. Uh, like, Seamus was right back and I was sent the half. I'm nearly right. sure he was.
2: I remember another game where Seamus played centre back in Longford. I think it might have been with yourself as well. And he was taken off at half time. He was atrocious at centre back. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs>
1: He played centre half with me against Colester, didn't he? Away.
2: Yeah, I think in the cup was it.
1: Yeah, fourth or something
2: with like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, there
1: was a replay. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah, because I didn't play. I fell, out, I fell out with Sean. I had an argument with Sean. He didn't play me in the first game.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so, uh, yeah. So after, I mean, after that, who, so who came in then to replace? Uh, who, who came in to replace Rob after that? Paul
1: Straight in, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just because my nanny had just passed away, and I was down at the funeral. and He got appointed and I just called him. and He said, "Don't worry about it." And came up, and he had a conversation with me. He Said, "Looking on to play centre half. Don't know where he got his information from, but he's going time we sent the half, and then didn't really look back from then. You know, I was went from strength to strength. Went from strength to strength. And uh, I suppose the first year he was just getting his own players in. You know, Danny came in, Sean Doherty Butler, um. Mac Boyd and stuff like that and he was just trying to bring his own lads in and you know he was trying to hold on to the rest of the lads Adam Hughes and Faz and that and Judgy. so you now we had a good over the years we've had some good players, good teams it was just getting stronger and stronger um, as far as I, I used to speak to all the lads I used to Judgey, text me here and there and I, I see you all the time in Dundalk and those boys I, I still speak to them all really it's, it's, um didn't really fall out with many people along the way um, and yeah. but you know, it was an enjoyable time, I suppose.
0: Did did you know that uh did you get a feeling reasonably quickly that Paul Cook was gonna build something that he was gonna build a kind of a successful team?
1: Um yeah, yeah, like he had a great management man, skills and he made it like a family atmosphere and you know, I suppose Michelle and Danny Ventry and Owen Doyle and Matthew Blinker still speak to each other and you know, I was out for dinner with daughter and Kira and Danny and uh, Charlotte there a couple of weeks ago, they were over. So, like, you know, we, we're still close and we built that family environment and atmosphere in, in the club and anybody that came in felt part of that. And, you know, sort of, when once you have that and, you, you know, everybody has each other's backs, Yeah. know, from strength, strength to strength, I think, and he yeah. added that bit of quality then around it.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, like, fast-forwarding a little bit, um. That kind of fateful uh, night in Talent in two thousand and nine, when we lost the F.A.I. Cup final in the piss and rain, uh, the to Sporting. F- night in the world. Yeah, and like, like I, I never got so wet. Un- no, understand But was that was that uh, was that like the kind of catalyst for the success that came after that? Or is 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 it ridiculous to put so much importance into the, the loss of that game? No, I think like
1: I think it can be used as that because. Um, we went on to win the two trophies the following year, but like we were always getting better and better, um, and we we had that drive, and I suppose the disappointment of missing out, you know, for the last two, what the last five minutes was it, two goals, that disappointment sort of stuck with us, and we were hungrier than ever, uh, the following year, and we just, we so we fired off, we fired off the league that the the following year, uh,
0: we finished second or third, didn't we?
1: Yeah, like, I don't Jerry, think we were Jerry that far us. off. So, like, you um, were, you were, we were I always that, going hey, strength that? to strength.
0: Say that again, Jerry? I think We finished second. Yeah, I think we, yeah. we were second. All right, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: so, like, you could see that we were we are building and, like, we started, we, we had a good season that year, like, you know, obviously picking up the two trophies and I, you can say yeah or no, but I think it was. I think it kicked us it off and it, the disappointment of, of missing out on that trophy, made major one, one one, one, you know? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot was... of winners in the
0: team, right? Okay, yeah. Who stands out for you? Jim Lockton. Jim Lockton was in the in the squad the next year. Owen Doyle puts a huge amount of his success down to, down to Jim Lockton, doesn't he? I know he was only yeah, there briefly.
1: Jim came in and he sort of changed Doyle's thinking and um, the way he and uh, the way he sort of carried himself. Um, I got on really well with Jim himself. Uh, still, still chat to him now. Um, uh, he came in and he spoke. He was more. He was like experienced, and you know, I suppose I had the legs around him, and he led the way. He was a leader, you know. He had loads of leaders in the team. Danny Ventry, uh myself, Kano, uh, even I suppose Doyle was a leader when uh, when he when he started turning himself around there, leading by example, scoring goals, and then Joey wasn't there that year, was he? He was, yeah. Yeah, actually 9- in then? Yeah, Joey came in. Then you know, I suppose he's a leader as well in his own way. we getting on the ball, leading by example, isn't he?
0: Yeah. Um, you scored that goal in the semi-final in um in Daily Mount. Jim Lockman tried to take it off you. Ah, uh, oh, they are
1: they are trying to give me stick <laughs> over that. Yeah, I knew I hit it. I was like, I got up and I hit it, and I was like, turning around, and Russell was celebrating with me, and I was, like, yes, get in there, and then they're all hugging around Jim, and he's trying to climb. I was like, no chance. We got to in that. there. Yeah. yeah. So the video shows it anyway.
0: Yeah, I think on the fourth or fifth replay it's it's uh yeah it's, it's clear. It's clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily there was a cameraman at a certain angle. Otherwise on playing an his
1: his back is torn on it. A- yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was there thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, um yeah. uh that was the final then against uh against Shamrock Rovers. It was the first game in the Palestine, in the Viva, the Viva right? yeah. Um yeah. that was a really obviously a really special day for Sligo Rovers fans. <laughs> Uh, the Kieran Kelly final. What are your memories of that?
1: Yeah, no, it was good. It was a cagey enough game. Um, as far as I think I cleared him off the line, and Kieran rolled, and I just missed him. I don't know how it stayed out. Um, I think I had a chance in the fourth half of a header, um, Well, it was cagey enough, wasn't it? Um, it was the finals are always cagey, and then as far as we went on, and then obviously Kieran was the hero and saved the penals, and um, it was great relief to actually. Win it that year, and then supposed to, as you said, the first time at the Aviva, our first cup final at the Aviva, and then the celebrations started kicked in. Then didn't they? We had won the EA
0: Cup, the, the League um, Cup
1: against man So I think that settled settled our nerves a bit by winning something that we've already won something, and then that's why we went down and played. And I think Shamrock Rovers won the league that year, didn't they? Yeah,
0: I think they did. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they had won yeah. that. So the two best teams in the league going at it, yeah. you know, um, and, and he, great, he, great he, crowd. He,
0: even the 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 Bulls team that you had beaten in the semi final was a cracking team as well, like Gary Deegan, yeah. um, Rossiter, uh, Killian Brennan, Killian Brennan. Yeah, Raff was Ken, playing with them that season, I think, wasn't he? Ken O'Man, there.
1: What do you think?
0: Ken O'Man was there. Yeah, uh, a young Nico Lopez was there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, um, they had a good team. To be honest with you, I think that's probably one of the best we've ever played as well in that semi final.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know, Jerry. Would you, do you does that does that game stand out for you? That semi final. People would say it was one of the best performances, even though it was only a one nil win.
2: Yeah, I remember it was a Sunday afternoon. Um I think wasn't it? Was it that semi
0: final? I think
1: uh, it was Saturday
0: I night. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. It was a Friday night,
1: or Sunday. It was I a night. Remember. It was a
2: nighttime fixture anyway. Definitely. Yeah, it might have been a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Look. Just. Yeah. Uh, I think people loaded it as one well of one of the best Live Rovers performances in years at, at the time. Um like we played some football uh passing uh, I, I
1: remember I remember the performance. Um I remember about ten minutes into the game and I, I on the pitch I said to myself, My God, we're battering this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then we, we like I don't think they had many chances and we just kicked on and obviously it was we hadn't scored and then popped up with the goal then and yeah. You know, I think that was it. Then, like we knew, we weren't going to lose, and that's we had that about us that that team. We knew we weren't we were going, out, we weren't going to get beat. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, ju- just to deviate a little bit, you were involved in the League of Ireland uh, eleven. Th- I think that was the same year, or maybe it was. The- yeah. No, was that was to- that the fr- was that the first game in the was that like the, to open the the Aviva Stadium? Yeah, the Aviva. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, we won't you- talk about that first goal. <laughs>
0: Uh, but, so you played a, it was a League of Ireland 11 that played against United it might have been I don't know what the score was 3 yeah. or 4 nil. but serious players 7-1 7, won. seven won, right <laughs>
1: um, Michael Owen uh, ah yeah Michael Owen Hernandez Rooney and Berbatov. I marked in that game <laughs> yeah like that, that, but
0: that, that must have been even just the occasion must have been something
1: to be honest with you I my nerves to the final because I'd already made a mistake in front of 50,000 people so <laughs> couldn't get any worse could they? yeah
2: I, but, um, the, w- one of the things that stands out for me from that game was the green socks you were wearing the kit was horrendous
1: it was good yeah. I, I liked the kit it was, I liked the black kit it was nice
2: yeah but the green socks were like something they were like tights or something all
1: socks I like tights I me. Yeah. <laughs> the United you know, actually won the Premier League that year so we were playing against Premier League champions yeah. you know so yeah, like was it was a good experience I was doing well up until the mistake and then obviously they just tore, tore Went into second or third gear, or whatever, and just upped a bit, and then that was it. Like the movement of them was unbelievable, and they didn't even speak on the pitch; they just knew each other's movements. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it was the right rich experience. Did Richie Ryan play that game?
1: I think he did. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. Joey was there. Myself. Yeah, did you, it was Brian Shelley, myself, Ken Oman, Connor Pell, Joey, Killian Brennan. Uh, can't remember the rest of Um uh, Can't remember. The, Paddy Mann played, did he?
2: Paddy Mann, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, Richardson. Going
1: Who? Richardson was he the manager? He yeah, manager, he was the uh,
2: manager. Yeah, he was the yeah.
1: manager.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, the next ge- next year, uh, another cup final win against uh, uh shells. Yeah. Uh,
1: was it one? It was one out, wasn't it? Yeah, Dav scored. Um, and then the Phil Philio scored. I think it was a ball, oh, yeah, loop- yeah, ball in. Yeah. 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 And then he. Got wrong side of me and Tracky never came. So um, <laughs> he scored and then uh, I suppose Dav got us back into it. I think we had a lot of, a good bit of chances, didn't we? Yeah. And then um, obviously went to panels and uh, Tracky done his stuff again.
0: Okay, that was Gavin Piers. So we're going to split this uh, or that interview into uh, two parts. Uh, the second half of the interview, um, which gets better again, uh, we'll play next week. Um, all right, Jerry. So we've got three games before the midseason break uh, tonight. Uh, as I said, if you listen to this on the 20th of May, we're playing uh, Bowls and Daily Mounts. Uh, so, just in relation to the conversation that we had before the Gavin Piers interview, uh, is this are these massively important games for uh, the short term future of Sligo Rovers, do you think? If you know what I'm kind of getting at, I mean, will this have a defining, will these three games, Bowls tonight, uh, Derry away and UCD in Belfield. Uh, do you think that these could be critical games in relation yeah, to
2: Derry home on Monday? Um, sorry,
0: Derry home, yeah.
2: Yeah, um, yeah I think they are um, short, short-term, short sorry, f- short future um, defining games. Um, we need to get a serious return of points. Um, like We're in a mini-league mini with the likes of Bowe's. So these games are six-pointers. If we don't get something out of these games, you know, we're kind of going into the break on a downer. Uh, We're notoriously uh, slow starters after the break. Um, I can't remember a game after a break where we've got a positive result Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. But we always, always, always lose after the break for whatever reason. So yeah. if we don't get a good points return on this, I'd be, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't, the season could be over before it starts or for halfway. Sorry.
0: So uh, both of a game in hand, I think, and uh, they could leapfrog us if they claim a victory, um, which will knock us down to, I'm going to say seventh place. I think. Um, obviously, we've got uh, we've we had a, a pretty poor result against uh, UCD. The Derry game on Monday. It's going to be a real difficult game with the form that they're in at the moment, I suppose. So, uh, are we focusing on on Bowls and UCD for for six points?
2: I don't think so. Um, like Derry have what drawn their last two games, so they're not exactly on fire either. Um, look, I, I think the every game is so tight, so so little between the teams that you, you can't pick and choose games that you're going to be targeting or, or anything like that. You need to be going all out to. Get as many points from every game um, and I don't agree with that targeting games or resting players or and you play the game that's in front of you, don't don't think about the second or third one, think about the ones that's in front of you, and get as many points on the board as you possibly can and just yeah, it's it's too tight of a league, it's not yeah. like you're, you're playing a, in a 20 team division and I know I'm always, and you're in your fourth and you're playing second from bottom where there's a big gulf, there's no big gulf between the the teams in our, our division, even UCD, you've seen it there, they drew two all with Dundalk uh there previously. Like they're they're a pretty good team. Uh unfortunately for them, uh young Wheeler, Colin Whelan is is out for the rest of the season. So that's gonna hit them hard. But yeah, definitely it wouldn't be targeting games as such.
0: Um would you be looking to see uh, a consistency at least in the starting eleven, I suppose, based on the I mean, the t- uh, the team that kind of went out, obviously Blaney was in for Pinecker, but the team that went out against Pats is the sort of team that I think, and Mata is obviously out, as you've mentioned, but that is there, thereabouts, the kind of team that I would like to see. Uh, you know, that's that's the, the, the they're the players that I want to see starting more often than not, I think.
2: would you yeah. I mean? yeah, and it was great to see Bulger, um, you know, a man of, man of the match performance there mm-hmm. against Pats. It was great to see him back to his best. It was great to see Warren on the pitch. Um, you know, he thought he had a really, really good game. I thought Collie had a great game playing in the number 10. Um, so yeah, I probably would, but I would like to look, I know it's not going to happen, but I would love to see at some point playing two up top. How that works for us, I don't know. Uh, if I did, I so would we'll be sitting here talking shite. But <laughs> I just want to see us create more in the, the last third, um, getting men into the box. Like we we cross balls into the box there against passes, so nobody in the box. Or else we didn't cross, we had to recycle it and wait for someone to get into the box. It's too slow in the middle third or the the last third. We're not hurting teams. We're not getting at them where it matters. Like, you know, there's no point hitting it sideways and backwards. And I think that seems to be the default. If in doubt, knock it back. I know you want to keep the ball, but there's no sign of risk taking. There's no risk taking in the team. Mm. And if you don't take risks, you're not going to score goals. There's like there's stats out there where, you know, the you see over the course of a season the team that retains the ball the most and has the most possession is never the team that scores the most amount of goals. It's actually the teams that are near the lower end of um, the table in terms of possession. You know, they might give away the ball, but they're taking risks. They're taking yeah. calculated risks to create goals. If we're too safe, sideways, backwards, not getting men into the box. Not having two up front or four three three or four five one or four five one one, whatever the case may be, you're not going to score goals, mm-hmm. and you need to like we've seen. If you, if one thing I, I would say is that, and I said it before again, is that our uh, goal conversion rate is is serious. I would say in terms of chances, our conversion rate will be the best in the league. You know when we get our players into good positions, like Kane, like Mata, and um, you know, Hamilton as well, when they, we get them in good positions, we score, but we don't do it enough because we don't take enough risks. We're absolutely petrified to lose the ball, but sideways and backwards doesn't get you anywhere.
0: Yeah, but like th- that kind of goal conversion rate or the, the chance of the goals is also indicative if you know, if we're fifth in the league or sixth in the league, and you know, you maintain that we probably have one of the highest conversion rates, chances to, to goals conversion rates, it might tell you that we're not creating enough chances as well.
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, And if we did create more chances, we obviously we'd score more goals. But I think because we have such natural goal scorers, goal scorers in the team, like who else? Like what centre forwards are out there in the league at the moment? Thank yeah, God, everybody on is trying to unearth one. And we've got like two or three that you know that if you could create a chance for them, they will score. If you took our center forwards and put them into another team in the in Grover's Grover teams here, yeah, they'd be scoring goals yeah. for fun,
0: yeah. And, and like that for me, that's the big fear is that we have some of these players and maybe next season we don't have it, like if we don't have the the success that we kind of feel that we should yeah. be achieving this season, the next season they're gonna go elsewhere and they're gonna be ripping it up. like that's and there's nothing worse than it.
2: Oh, it's it's a pure sickener, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um like there has to be other clubs looking at the and I don't want to mention look, there has to be other clubs looking at our players Absolutely. and looking at our, our conversion rate and things like that. They probably have a better idea of their conversion rate than we have. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: That worries me too. Yeah. Because we're not in my in my opinion, we're not playing to our strengths.
0: Yeah. And then having more play more playing two up top, getting more players forward. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or even having guys running late into the box, or whatever the case may be, there's none of that. It's too safe, steroid.
0: Okay, look at we uh, we will have the second part of our Gavin Pears interview uh, next week. We'll also get our uh, beer scorecast on a go uh, on Friday morning ahead of the Bulls game, and uh, that'll go out on Twitter and on Facebook. And we encourage as many people as possible to uh, get involved. I know, Jerry, that you were shifting a bit of merchandise over the last uh, number of days as well. But before we go into that, just to mention as well, on um, Saturday, uh, the women's team are at home against Cork City at two o'clock. Uh, they've had some, um, they've had some tricky uh, results recently, but the Cork City game is uh, important because Cork are just below them, three points uh, off Sligo Rovers, and um, that that will be a massive game. So we encourage as many people as possible. Uh, to make it along to the showgrounds uh, at two o'clock for that game on Saturday. Um, what 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 were you shifting over the last week, Jerry? And have the orders closed? If people are interested, It's too late is it?
2: Yeah, I've closed the orders there last night, and I actually closed it slightly early because the the, the demand was so so great. So just in conjunction with Forza, um, we've created um, a bit of a range hoodies and t-shirts and things like that. Um and the reaction to it was phenomenal, even from I think the Forza stock is rising too in terms of respect for them and uh, the things that they do for the atmosphere and the showgrounds and the color and the noise and things like that. Like you have non-Forza people buying the merchandise and things like that, so it's great. Um,
0: brand building.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like we sold. Um, well over 100 pieces of stock in, in three days yeah yeah. And so like great reaction and that's like guys that are in their 50s down to lads that are 12 13 so it's great it's great kind of it's it's a great sign of, of uh, like the atmosphere in the showgrounds the last time Connor was absolutely electric the lads didn't stop singing from the first minute to the 90th they were absolutely bouncing. It was brilliant to see. There was no flare, flares. There was no anything like that at yeah, all. Yeah. It was just pure, pure atmosphere, pure joy. And it was like these young fellas in front. I was standing on the rail end. And was these were young lads. And I'd say they were about maybe six or seven. And I'd say that hadn't that many games. But they were absolutely bouncing and singing with their scarves and all this because they were seeing these lads doing you know? it. Yeah, and it was spreading. spreading a good atmosphere, and, and it's great. It's great positivity.
0: Yeah, and like I think the the for fan owned clubs, um, you know that was kind of epitomised last night uh, on Wednesday, obviously in the yeah the Europa League final with the Eintracht Frankfurt fans, another kind of fan owned club. They were just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Such dedication. Did you did you say that they they had spent fifty grand on the T four that was behind somebody? I maybe read that somewhere prior to the game that like. Yeah, The defo that was like 200 feet big, wide or long that came down over the stand before the game. It was just incredible, like you know. Yeah, and you don't get that with clubs that are not fan owned or that are not community clubs, like
2: you know. Yeah, and just just to say the sale of the merchandise. So the majority of the will go to to Rovers, but we're also setting aside a percentage of the money that's raised for. For Z. so again, if they want to buy materials or create tifos or or any of that sort of thing, so again, it's you know it's about bringing people together and rather than kind of being fighting against or pushing against each other, it's bringing yeah. people together as a, as a because we are a community club, we are all together, we're all in it together, we're fan owned and like what Antr tra- Fra- Frankfurt are doing, like they give so I suppose. If they give 50,000 to their supporters, if we give, you know, two, 300 to ours, it's probably yeah. you know, ocean-wise the same thing. So yeah, 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 like yeah. we're trying to do that. And we recognize that these lads, without these lads in the showgrounds, it's a very quiet place.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I like, just to have the conversation with uh, Gavin there about like the glory days, uh, yeah. like Forza were such an integral part of making those memories even better again, I suppose.
2: Yeah. Um, there's actually a brilliant account on Instagram. Uh, I think it's like it's like Rovers Ultra Scene and it shows you all the pictures from 2008 uh, and the amount of choreo that they've done over the, the years. It's just yeah. mind-blowing. It's well worth a follow if for anybody out there that's on Instagram.
0: Yeah, they, like the effort that they put in over the years and the quality of the, the stuff that they produced is just yeah incredible. Yeah. The Freddy Krueger one stands out. Are they Friday the 13th Friday the 13th yeah Yeah. or the other one that stands out for me as well is the cover of um, uh, There's Only One Red Army the cover of uh, 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 Mr Sweeney's book Yeah Only One Red Army Only One Red Army yeah Yeah there's 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 any amount of them and like it it must be I don't know anything about making theaters and stuff like that but the effort that must be involved is significant like you know
2: yeah, yeah. So hats off to the lads. They're an absolute credit to the club. And say the showgrounds will be a quieter place. And this is all about bringing people together. We're a family club. We're a, a community club. We're fan owned. Uh, you know, I suppose we're a mini version of a lot of the Bundesliga clubs that you know have that type of fan relationship. And it's it's really, really important um, to to continue on and yep. nurture us.
0: Okay, Jared. Uh... Uh, next week, uh, hopefully, we'll have uh, a bigger crew on board for the podcast, and hopefully, we're uh, celebrating uh, some more points in the bag. I guess we'll we we'll, it'll be post Derry City game when we speak to you next. Yeah. Um. Any other business to cover before we sign off? Um, checks, checks notes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I think that's everything. Um. Yeah. So hopefully, look positive few days coming up. Please, guys. Um. I think over the next two games you'd really be looking for uh you'd like to think he could get four points. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. like we we need to be that way of thinking. We need to be ambitious. Like a lot of people were absolutely thrilled with a one-all draw against Pats at home. I think that's the bare minimum. And I think four points is should be, you know, it's it's a it's not a it's not looking for an unachievable return over the weekend.
0: Yeah. Um, and the game against Derry that I saw up in the Brandy while you were there as well yeah. um, we're probably the better team um, so as you said considering the form that they are bringing into the game uh, you know why Why shouldn't we go over
2: it absolutely yeah absolutely
0: right okay listen thanks Amelia for listening uh, the second half of the Gavin Pears interview will come up uh, in next week's podcast uh, we're going to run our beer scorecast uh, for the Bulls game and for the Derry game as well and Jerry, thank you Thanks, Connor. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Keep the faith. We will never forget this day.